Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are indeed a God of miracles. Lord, as I read in your word from cover to cover, I see the miracle working power of our God. And today as we have worshipped you, we have been reminded that you are a God of miracles. And Lord, today we want to call on your name. We want to call on the name of your son, Jesus. Your word says that by his stripes we are healed. Your word says of you that you are the God that forgives our sin and heals our diseases. And today, Father, we want to pray for Greg Burns. Father, thank you that you have literally rescued his life. Thank you that he is alive today, that he is recovering. Father, I pray that over the coming days and weeks that he will grow strong enough once again, Father, to be able to uh, go back into treatment for his cancer. And I pray, Father, that your healing hand would rest upon him regarding this cancer, and Lord, that he would be healed in Jesus' name. Father, you see the complications. You see all that has happened in his physical body. And Lord, you are able to heal. Father, I thank you that your word says that if any of us are sick, that we should call for the elders of the church to pray to lay our hands on them, to anoint them with oil, and that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Father, we thank you that you still heal. We thank you that there is such power in the name of Jesus that physical bodies can be healed and restored. Father, we want to lift up Janice Mason to you today. Father, we pray that in the name of Jesus that your healing power would be poured out upon Janice. Father, right now from our living rooms, we just want to lift up Greg and we want to lift up Janice and we want to pray the healing power of Jesus to be poured out upon their lives. Father, we pray that they would be that they would be well again, that by the power of the the, the name of Jesus, that they would be restored. Father, we come to to you today in faith believing that you are still a God of miracles. Father, we pray for those that <clears throat> might be watching right now and they need a miracle. And maybe no one else knows about it, but you do. And so, Father, I pray that in this moment, I pray that there would be faith that would arise in their hearts. And I pray that a miracle will come. Whether it's a miracle of provision, whether it's a miracle of restoration, whether it's a miracle of healing, whatever it is, Father, I pray that it would happen in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you today for this opportunity that we have to worship you and to lift you up. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning and welcome to this online service here at Silver Creek Church. 
My name is Kevin Taylor. I'm the lead pastor here at Silver Creek, and it is really a pleasure to be with you today, and I am glad that you have chosen to spend this time with us. Let me say something to you that I think you're going to identify with, and that is this, that as Americans, we love free stuff. Now, I've got to be honest with you and tell you that I, I like commercials, and there's one type of commercial that I always find really interesting, and it's called an infomercial, and they're always selling something very directly, and, and inevitably, it costs $19.99. And they will talk about uh, this item and they will show its features and how great it is. And it's probably worth $100 or $200 or $250. But if you buy right now for $19.99, they will throw in a second one. Now get this, for free. We love free. Have you ever driven down the road <clears throat> And, and you saw something on the side of the road and you wondered what it was, you slow down and you see that it, it, it's something that someone has at the end of the driveway and it says free on it. Have you ever stopped and, and picked something up like that? I wonder if you have. I know that I've been tempted to do so before myself. Here in the city of Marquette, there's an event that's, that's quite an interesting event. Residents in our community within the city limits of Marquette are, are invited and even encouraged to put junk out at the curb at the end of the driveway. And this little, this little event has, has even got a name to it. It's called Trash to Treasure Weekend. And it happens every year in late August. I, you know, I had to do a little checking on this because I wanted to make sure that I was getting my information straight and, and make sure that it wasn't just something that was happening organically. But on the city's website, it literally says this, that it's a venue for recycling that's designed to increase awareness. I think that's really interesting because I, I, I don't necessarily think that's what it is. I think it's to get junk for free. I think that's sometimes what we like to do. And when you've ever been around on that particular weekend in August, you'll see vehicles, mainly trucks and trailers, slow rolling through the neighborhood. And they will slow down when they get to a particular driveway and they will check out what is there at the end of that driveway. And if they like what they see, Someone inevitably will jump out of that vehicle and grab that item and throw it into the truck or into the trailer. I think this is hilarious. It's, it's kind of like a, a shopping reality show of sorts. Imagine the incredible family outing that you can have on a Saturday when you say to the kids, all right, kids, everybody load up in the truck. We're heading out to get new bicycles for everybody. There'd be a lot of excitement in your family. Imagine you'd have to drive street after street to find a, a bike for your kids. It would be quite an experience, but we like things for free. And I can't, really, I can't really criticize anybody because I remember a time when someone called me and said, Hey, 
There's a really nice entertainment center sitting by the dumpster at this apartment complex. And I remember you saying that you were looking for an entertainment center. And I literally zipped out and I picked that bad boy up and I took it home and I used it for years before we were done with it. I love me some free stuff. And today we're wrapping up our series. A series on freedom and a message today called Free Indeed. And I'd like to start out today by talking to you about longing to be free. The Glasser Institute says that there are five genetic needs that each of us have as humans. They're survival, belonging, power, freedom, and fun. Now, I think most of us would prefer if we could just focus on the fun, but that list is pretty interesting, and it says that freedom is one of the five genetic needs that we have. We desire freedom. It's a basic human need in our lives. We had a chocolate lab for a number of years that had a a basic need for freedom beyond our yard. And once in a while, we would get a call from somebody because on our collar, it would have our phone number. And they would say, hey, I found your lab running through some place and I grabbed onto the dog. What do you want me to do with it? That dog never wanted to stay in its own yard. The idea of freedom is about having choices. It's about being independent autonomous, moving about freely. And when we think about what's happening in our country today, that idea of freedom and freedom being partially limited really becomes a thought that we have. But let me ask you this, how is freedom ultimately secured? Because I know that right here, right now, We are waiting to hear something from the governor that's going to give us a freedom. How are those freedoms ultimately secured? Memorial Day really causes us to think about freedom. It causes us to reflect on the sacrifices that have been made to allow us to be free. This country... And I believe it's a a marvelous country. Our freedoms were secured by a revolution. Thirteen original colonies, they believed that there should be no taxation without representation. And to prove their point, they took a whole bunch of chests of tea that had been sent from England... And they said, you know what, we're not going to take it, we're not going to pay this tax, and they dumped that tea in the harbor at Boston. We know it as the Boston Tea Party. Our founding fathers based this, the building of this country on freedom that was granted to us by God. The Declaration of Independence talks about it. The Constitution of the United States talks about it. The Bill of Rights talks about it. They credit God with granting man freedom. Benjamin Franklin said this, Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. Now there's different 
paths of achieving freedom. And I've just spoken a little bit about the path that we took as a country in the early years of our development, but other countries have taken other paths to achieve what they determine as freedom. In 1791, a man named Duty Buchman was, led a slave revolt on what was the French-occupied island of Haiti. He made an agreement with voodoo spirits that the people of Haiti would serve those voodoo spirits for 200 years if those spirits would support their battle and they would bring ultimate liberty to their people on the island of Haiti. Now, voodoo ceremonies are something that are very common there. And and that individual, what he did was he made an agreement and he even drank the blood of a black pig that had been sacrificed. Haiti then became the first sovereign black nation. About eight years ago, I traveled to Haiti with Convoy of Hope and I witnessed what life is like there in Haiti. I was there about two years after the earthquake happened in Haiti. We visited the presidential palace, and I remember as we hung on the gates there and, and, and looked at the palace, a kind of mid-state repair following that earthquake, we had looked down the street to our left and we saw this really large building that was there. Against the advice of those that were our hosts, we couldn't help ourselves, and a couple of us wandered down to that corner to check out what we saw. And we asked some questions and we found out that that large building that we saw was actually a voodoo temple. The voodoo ceremonies actually take place in the presidential inauguration in that country. And Haiti is the sixth poorest country out of the 195 nations in the world. They have no state-sponsored schools. They get literally millions and millions of meals shipped in from non-government organizations from around the world. Haiti achieved their freedom from the French, but to what end? They went from one type of slavery to another. I remember that while we were there, our hosts asked us not to give anyone money and we wondered why they would ask that of us because there was such poverty everywhere that we looked. And they said that because they will take that money and rather than use it for uh, food to buy for their family, they will buy minutes for their cell phone. They're in bondage. John chapter 8, we read about a dispute that Jesus had with the Pharisees. And let me read to you what he says because I think it's something that will impact us today. John chapter 8 and verse 36, Jesus said, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Freedom is defined as the right to act, the right to speak, the right to think as one wants, without any hindrances, without any restraints. But how does that definition stack up against Jesus' statement? 
that when one is set free by the Son, he is then free indeed. That real freedom is not just being able to have the right to act or speak or think the way one feels without being hindered, without being restrained. You see, I believe that true freedom... True freedom does not come to us by a military action. True freedom does not come to us by political rights. There's got to be a source. So let's talk about that number two, the source of freedom. Freedom requires a source. Let me give you an illustration of of what I mean. Um, Let's talk about the Emancipation Proclamation for just a moment. President Abraham Lincoln declared it January 1, 1863. And in that proclamation, he said that all persons held as slaves shall be then henceforward and forever free. This declaration, in in a political sense was the source of the abolition of slavery. Now let me look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Because Jesus says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He is actually quoting and fulfilling the book of Isaiah. He said, Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. I believe that Jesus' purpose was to bring freedom. His purpose was to be our source of freedom. You see, the world needs freedom from bondage. The bondage that has been caused by the curse of sin and death due to Adam's sin. The world is in bondage to a world system that is being uh, held in dominion by Satan. The world needs to be free from the bondage of our sinful nature. And everyone that ever comes to Jesus Christ must realize a couple of things that are very important. That each of us has sinned and is by nature a sinner. And that death is the price that must be paid. In the Garden of Eden, God told Adam not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he told him that if he did, that he would surely die. Now, God did not mean that at that moment that Adam was going to keel over and die, because if that's what God meant, that certainly did not happen. But what God meant was that that Adam was going to eventually physically die, and that spiritually he would be separated from God. Death is eternal separation from God. Since Adam was was born, Since Adam was born, all of us who have been born have been born with a sinful nature. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. Just a very short segment of that verse. It says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. What the author really means here is that death is 
required as a payment for our sin. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to get excited about the idea of being able to go back uh, out to eat here in our community in the next few weeks. And one of the places that my family likes to eat is Border Grill. Just to give a little plug for a local company this morning, we love Border Grill. And my wife, particularly, she likes the, the chicken gourmet burrito, and she orders that thing different than it, than it comes. Now, they, they ask you what kind of rice you want with that, and she says Mexican rice. And that, that burrito comes with guacamole, but she doesn't like the guacamole. And so she asks if they won't put the guacamole on there. And instead, she wants sour cream on that. And when they repeat it back to her, they say, minus guac sub sour cream and what they're saying is that they're going to allow you to substitute the word sub means substitution and so it's a she substitutes sour cream for the guacamole that she doesn't like now God's mercy allows a substitution when it comes to the death that is required Nearly 1,400 years before Jesus walked the earth, God instituted a sacrificial system of the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sin. It was called the Day of Atonement. It happened on a yearly basis, which tells us that the impact or the effect was really temporary because it had to be done over and over again. But the Bible tells us that God had a plan for salvation, and that plan, according to the book of Revelation, was enacted literally before the foundation of the world. God's plan was simple, to offer his son Jesus as the spotless lamb, which would take away the sin of the world. Let me read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 where Paul says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to understand that. Jesus had no sin. God made him sin for us. Remember that when Jesus hung on the cross, They put the sign above Jesus' head. And I believe that literally as Jesus died, my sin and your sin were written on that sign throughout the ages. And that literally Jesus died for my specific literal sin and your specific literal sin rather than any that he had committed. Because the Bible says he had no sin. Our freedom has been purchased by Jesus' blood. We owe a debt that we could not pay because Jesus died for us. His life blood was shed as a substitute for our life blood so that we might receive salvation. I want to read from Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5 where John the Revelator says this, that Jesus has freed us from our sins by his blood.
We know that the wages of sin is death. We know that the gift of God is eternal life. And the blood of a perfect lamb was needed as payment. But I want you to know it doesn't end there. You see, because not only are we, are we um, given freedom from our sin, but we are also given freedom to something else. And so number three, what I want to talk to you about this morning is from one thing to another. Now, I don't know about you, but in my family, there's a lot of people that really enjoy watching a couple of uh, HGTV uh, you know, shows on a, on a Saturday afternoon because we love watching all the, the home renovation that's taking place. And there's one that we just have really enjoyed, and it's called Hometown. And it's a young couple, and, and they are literally trying to redo their city by remodeling and renovating one old house after another in the city of Laurel, Mississippi. Now, on one particular episode, they were going to uh, present a woman with two options of homes that she could pick. And her budget for this home um, was $100,000, but one of the two homes that they were going to offer to work on was actually a home that was on her family's property, and it was right next to the home where her mother currently lived. And the cost of that home was zero. It was free. And so they went through the process of renovating the home. It was beautiful. And they also, because the home was so close to her mother, they moved it to another part of the property. So this free home was made to look brand new. It was in a new location. It was just gorgeous after they finished the remodeling process. And that free home cost her $100,000. Free isn't always free. John chapter 8 again, verse 34. It says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Jesus' blood has freed us from the penalty that we would have to pay for our sin. The penalty of death. We're not required to pay because Jesus paid it for us. We have received the freedom that God has for us. Not only a freedom from sin, but even more than that, we are freed to something else. You see, literally, we are free to become slaves to God. You say, now wait a second, that doesn't sound very good to me. That doesn't even sound right. What are you talking about, Kevin? How can that possibly be? Let me take you to Romans chapter 6 and verse 22, where Paul says this, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. The benefit of the freedom that God gives is eternal life. We have been freed not only from sin, but we have been freed 
to something. We've been freed from the power, the penalty of sin and death, and we have been freed to receive the gift of God. We've been free to receive the power of the resurrection. But we have not been freed to just willy-nilly do whatever we desire. We've been freed to follow God. We've been freed to serve God without being under bondage. In 1974 to 1978, there was a crime spree that happened around this country. A man named Ted Bundy murdered, raped at least 36 women and girls. He was convicted and sentenced to death by electrocution. It's not hard to believe that he deserved that execution because of his crimes. You say, well, what if, what if he hadn't killed 36? What if it was less than that? Back in 1992, when we moved to a suburb of Milwaukee, the trial of Jeffrey Dahmer was carried on radio there in that community. Jeffrey Dahmer killed 17 young men. At what point do people no longer qualify for God's mercy, or at what point do they qualify? If, if, if we look at someone who's killed 36 and we say, man, that's outside of God's ability to, to bring freedom and, and forgiveness, is 17 inside that ability, or does it have to be below 10, or, 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 or does it really need to be 5? What is it? How, how effective is God's grace to bring freedom to that individual? Does God's grace really reach them? Does it have the ability to free that person from their sin? You know, the Bible says that when we break one law, we're guilty of breaking the entire law. Sin is sin. And God does not respect one sin over the other. Whether it was Bundy, whether it was Dahmer, you know, we might say, well, they don't deserve forgiveness. I want you to know that it's only by God's mercy that his judgment is prevented from being poured out upon you and upon me preventing us from getting what we really deserve. You see, because of our sin, we deserve death. But God sent His Son, Jesus, to free us from the penalty of sin and death, to free us to be able to serve Jesus. There was an interview a few years after Ted Bundy was killed by electrocution by James Dobson, Dr. James Dobson. And in that interview, he said that Ted Bundy told him that he had become born again. God's mercy is so great. I don't know what that man's heart was, 
But if I believe that God's mercy is what God says it is, I have to believe that it is applied to all. Jesus' blood is so, so powerful. Can it set us free from the worst sin possible? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Today, you might be struggling to find freedom in your life. Maybe, maybe you've been in the church your whole life. Maybe you have, have been a Christian for many years, but you feel that you do not have freedom. I want you to know that your freedom has been purchased by the blood of Jesus. And you are free, not simply to be forgiven. You are, you are free to serve God and not to continue in your sin. Maybe you've been, been looking for freedom apart from God in other ways. Today I want you to know that that freedom is available for you. You might say, as, as a man said to me many years ago when I was a young pastor, I went to see a man who was in a county jail because he'd been arrested for molesting a minor. And he told me, he said, you don't know what I've done. I cannot be forgiven. I want you to know that I believe that there is nothing that you have done that God cannot forgive. That his plan of salvation, sending his son Jesus to live a sinless life and to die for you and die for me, for our sins, to be a substitute for our sin, to die in our place, that plan is so powerful and so far-reaching that there is nothing that you could do that he cannot forgive. And today can be the day when you find freedom for your sin. As we close, I'd just like to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that is so powerful that it takes away the sin of the world. Scripture says that Jesus died once for all. It's not like in the Jewish day of atonement where the sacrifice needed to be made again and again and again over thousands of years. But Jesus died once for the sins of the entire world. And Father, I pray for that person that has been searching for that freedom, freedom from, uh, from sin and death, freedom uh, to, to, to live for God. And they have not found it. I pray that today they would find it in the blood of Jesus. Father, I pray for that, that one who has made a commitment to Christ but is struggling with bondage. I pray that today would be the day that they find freedom and that they would realize that they have it in the blood of Jesus Christ and that it is made available for us today. And Father, I thank you because that blood will never lose its power. Father, touch hearts today. Father, convict 
people, I pray, and even now, may they reach out to receive the freedom that can be theirs through the blood of Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. If we can pray for you, please let us know. We love you. We can't wait to see you. We'll be with you soon. God bless you.